Lots of things are better together. Hockey, food, golf. I mean, beverages, watching a big game, it can't get any better. But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Whether you're hosting game day or movie night, DiGiorno knows that planning a watch party on a budget isn't easy. You need the perfect setting, the perfect squad, and the perfect eats. Luckily, you're a game time mastermind, and you know that grabbing DiGiorno Classic Crust Pizza can bring home a dub because it's packed with half a pound of cheese, sauce, and other toppings and comes at an incredible price. Make the game-winning call and grab a DiGiorno Classic Crust Pizza from the grocery store today. It's not delivery, it's DiGiorno. You're listening to DraftKings Network. This is the GM Shuffle. You're the Colts, and you compete against the Baltimore Ravens. Don't you want to know everything about He's going to tell you everything you want to know. He's going to tell you everything you want to know. I promise you, Al Davis would have my fat ass on an airplane. You're listening to the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi, presented by DraftKings and VSIN. Here is Femi Abebefe. Welcome to another edition of the GM Shuffle with Michael Lombardi, presented by DraftKings and VSIN. I'm your host, Femi Abebefe. As always, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. Our producer, Elliot Bowman, with us on the ones and twos. Michael, how are we doing? I know you're making the trip. Everything's gone well so far. A little cold, perhaps, where you're at in Milwaukee, yeah. but uh, it, it, it's glad that you were able to uh, find some time to tape this thing, huh? <laughs> you know, I am. I'm happy to be here. I'm sorry I'm late today, but I had a fly to Milwaukee. I've got a, a speech to a, a very interesting group that I'm excited about, and I'm staying at a hotel named the Fister Hotel here in Milwaukee, which is an old school hotel. It's where the Packers would stay when okay. they would play their two games a year here in Milwaukee. So I'm in the. It's you know, it's one of those great old hotels and grand, and uh, to just know that you're in the same hotel Lombardi stayed at, and the Packers stayed. Horning walked through those doors it's kind of interesting it's it's fun and uh yeah, there's so much history here uh, you know but whether you go to uh I, I don't know if i'll be able to go to arnold's the drive-in today i don't know if i'll be able to make it there but uh, i'm sure arthur fonzarelli is his uh tool sh- his uh car shop somewhere around but it's fun i mean it's it's great this is great history here and the packers it made me think about the lombardi driving his pontiac from green from new york city to green bay and what lied ahead as he was looking at those roads as he was driving did you get a lombardi discount or anything since you know same name you know no i didn't get any discount here <laughs> i mean but I did, uh, you know, I, I did, uh, you know, the lady asked if I was related, which naturally everybody does when you're in the yeah. state of Wisconsin. But, you know, like I tell everybody it was Smith. I just changed it when I got into football. So why not? <laughs> no, that's that's great. Hopefully the Milwaukee trip is awesome. And then we're excited to have you back here in Vegas, obviously, yep. later on this week. But uh, I'll, big be back. I'll be back for our Wednesday, Thursday. I'll be back. Don't worry. All right. Oh yeah, no, we'll be here waiting for you, man. Hopefully the weather's a little bit better when you get here. Uh, but we obviously saw the big news coming out of the NFL today with Lamar Jackson. We've talked about Lamar a lot on this podcast because he's a former MVP quarterback who is available on the market. And earlier, Lamar took to Twitter to tweet out his thank you letter to the Baltimore Ravens fans while also revealing that he requested a trade on March 2nd, we are sitting here on March 27th. Lamar, of course, had the non-exclusive franchise tag used on him. So we've gone through the franchise tag movement. We've gone through the new league year, free agency, all that stuff. Why now 
when Lamar makes this public, why do you think he decided that this was the moment to go ahead and do this with the NFL owners meeting taking place also in Arizona? I think because of the NFL owners meeting taking place in Arizona, it's a perfect way to say, okay, here it is. I, I am, I'm not going back and uh, I'm available and someone please call someone, please contact. I think the whole nonsense about who represents them and all that stuff. Don't talk to this guy. I think Lamar's made it very clear. And, and look, if you're going to be your own agent and you're going to control the narrative, you got to control the narrative. You can't stay in silence. I mean, it's mm -hmm. not going to work. So uh, I think that's why he did it. And it, you know, it's the perfect timing and it's the perfect place to see what's going to move forward as 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 this transpires. But now I see people writing about how he'd be a great fit for the Colts. And, you know, we wrote about that last week and we talked about it last week. So, you know, there's a lot to be played out here. You know, I, I was flying here and reading online as I was flying, uh, you know, through the Internet that, you know, like there's so many teams that that make sense. I mean, how does Atlanta really not make sense? How does they not make sense? You know, and so it, it's insane. I mean, look, you, you know, you take you take a team like Houston. How does Houston not make sense? Well, you say, well, you know, they got two number one picks. Here's one of the things that you have to understand in in this franchise. If you do the if you don't go through the Ravens and make a deal, you can't the, the Texans can't take their first round pick and trade it down. It you it has to be your first round pick. So they would have to give up two. I, I think they have another pick somewhere in the middle of the first round. They have Cleveland's pick, obviously, but so yep. you know you, they would have to maneuver. But why wouldn't Houston be it? I mean, if you're you know to, to turn around your fan base, like wouldn't you be involved in this? Wouldn't that be something to kind of make it seem like okay, we're serious? I mean, if you're D'Amico Ryan's and you got a six-year contract, and you know you've got a lot of say in the personnel department, wouldn't you want it? Wouldn't you rather have again the same thing that I would say to Chris Ballard? Wouldn't you rather have Lamar than C.J. Stroud or the unknown? I would personally, but those guys haven't asked me for my opinions. I actually have a list of teams that I wanted to ask you about, and we can go rapid fire on them. We'll do that in a little bit, but I wanted to play this cut from you first, though, from John Harbaugh, because Lamar tweeted this out right as John Harbaugh, the head coach of the Ravens, was sitting down to address reporters at the NFL owners meeting. Here's what Harbs had to say earlier today. I haven't seen the tweet. It's an ongoing process. Uh, I'm, I'm following it very closely, just like everybody else is here, and uh Looking forward to a resolution. I'm excited, thinking about Lamar all the time, thinking about him as our quarterback. We're building our offense around that idea, and uh, I'm just looking forward to getting back to football. I'm confident that's going to happen. Harbaugh also said he's confident Lamar will be their starter week one. I, I, I don't know where the confidence is coming from. Ian Rappaport at the NFL Network talked about how the two sides have negotiated as recently as last week. So clearly they knew that this trade request was out there since Lamar said he requested it on March 2nd, but they're still working through some things here. Can this be solved or can it be salvaged, I should say, or is this the end of Lamar and the Ravens? Well, I think something triggered the announcement, right? So with Rappaport's report saying that, you know, they were talking last week that maybe they've reached an impasse in negotiations. And he finally just said, even though earlier he said he was March 2nd, he said he requested a trade, you know, mm -hmm. which all players do that are franchise. Look, I, I don't want to play on the tag. I want to trade. I want a contract. And then eventually money solves all problems. So you can't rule out that it couldn't be solved with money. I think you could say that John's speaking with confidence without evidence that he'll be the quarterback because there's no evidence that suggests he's coming back. He doesn't want to come back. 
they don't seem to be willing to find a common ground within the negotiations. But I, I think the alternative is, what would the Ravens do? I know Huntley made the Pro Bowl, but we know that's kind of comical, right? We know that's a joke. So, uh, you know, uh, they, they don't have a quarterback. And obviously, if they trade Lamar, they're going to have to get something where they could guarantee themselves a chance to get the quarterback. So for me, you know, I, I think that it is ongoing and money solves a lot of problems in a lot of situations. But I, I don't know. You know, my question to John would be, well, didn't you design the offense before with Lamar in mind? Wasn't that Lamar's <laughs> offense before? Like, why are we rebranding the offense? Like why, which I think is probably a good thing. You know, I've bitched about the Ravens offense for years now about how it wasn't Lamar friendly in terms of the passing game or the outside zone. So I, I kind of wonder what, what that's all about. Lamar in his letter to the fans, which he tweeted out in about a series of four tweets, he said that the Ravens have not been interested in meeting his value. So the whole negotiating thing that's going on here, we've believed that it's all about a fully guaranteed deal, but there was also reports saying that he's not necessarily looking for a quote, fully guaranteed deal. It's a lot that's out there with Lamar. But the one question I have for you is what leverage does Lamar have? If any, as we sit here on March 27th, well, he, he has his ability to play, right? And so he the leverage he has, he signs the contract. It's fully guaranteed. They can't maneuver the cap around, okay? And and then what what do they do? And what happens if he tweaks a hamstring? Or what happens if he has a, you know, a back injury? Because as we know from Big Puss and the Sopranos, you know, <laughs> nobody knows nothing about backs, right? So we could know nothing, right? Yep. You know, and so like what happens then? I mean, we've already seen this guy, you know, we thought he was coming back last year. John was fairly clear. You know, remember the week he got hurt leading up to the next game, everybody that, you know, John was implying he was going to play. Now that may never been true, but there was an implication of that. So for me, you know, my sense of it is, is, is if he's on that one year deal, it's not going to be beneficial for anybody. It's really not. And it's not going to be beneficial to the Ravens because they're going to give out $32 million and they're not going to get a $32 million player back. I think that's fair enough to say. So there's got to be some resolution and that's his only leverage. Our show sponsor DraftKings, they uh, of course put out a market that people can bet into of where will Lamar play next? And the favorite in that market is a team that you've already brought up. We've brought up over the course of this offseason, the Atlanta Falcons at plus 250. Right below them, our producer Elliot Bowman, he smiles when he sees this. The Colts at three to one. Commanders plus 450. Titans plus 750. You have the Jets, Seahawks, Patriots at nine to one. Dolphins, Buccaneers at 10 to one. Is that a fair list there? Is that kind of how you would rank them? Or based on what you've been hearing, who are the rumored teams that might be interested in Lamar? You know, I, I don't, I, I, I got a text from somebody in the league today. He said, asking me if I thought the 49ers would go after him. And, and mm. it didn't, you know, to me, I, they don't have a, the cap room. They still have to sign Bosa. I don't know how that would all transpire, but to me, uh, it's going to take a team with cap room or cap flexibility, let's say, and assets, you know, it's going to take a team that has cap flexibility and assets and, and, I think ultimately that's where it starts. That's why I believe the Colts should be the favorite. Who was the, who was DraftKings favorite in this? The Falcons. Yeah, I mean, to me, here's what I don't understand: how the Falcons can be all in, almost catching their breath, believing they had Lamar, Deshaun Watson, right? 
and mm-hmm. willing to pay the freight for Deshaun. And now they're not interested in Lamar. Like there's nothing that Desmond Ryder did this uh, this year that would say we don't need we don't need Lamar. Like it makes no sense. And I do think that they are, you know, if Baltimore had their way, they would probably want to trade him to Atlanta and get him to the mm-hmm. NFC and get him out of having a deal with them and then go about their business, get a high pick from Atlanta. So I could see them. That's why I think DraftKings is smart to put Atlanta as the favorite. I do think Atlanta should come around to their senses. I mean, if you're Arthur Blank and you want to win, I mean, how do you tell your fans you don't want to win and you think you're going to go with Desmond Ryder because that's what your head coach thinks is the right thing to do? Like, I'm not sure that's the right thing to do. I don't know where Terry Fontenot is on this as a GM, mm-hmm. but I know if I was Terry Fontenot, I've said this before. I said it on Lombardi Lounge. I think, you know, one of the things I learned a lot from Ernie, of course, he, the general manager, was at the Browns when I was with him. And he used to always say all the time, you got to protect the franchise. You have yeah. to protect the franchise. Terry Fontenot, if he doesn't get on an airplane and fly to, to Florida and spend time with Lamar and his mom, he's not protecting his franchise. He owes that to the franchise. He's got to do that. He can't just ignore that. He's got to be proactive and go after this. And it may come back saying, we're not in it. It's just ridiculous. But he's got to collect data, not with the end in mind, with an open mind, and come back and say, here's where we are. And then get up on a whiteboard and say, okay, if we sign Lamar, here's where we are. If we do this, here's where we are. And lay it out. And only have three or four people in the meeting because nobody really understands how to build a team anyway. But I think that's what you do if you want to protect the franchise. And I think, like you said at the top of this pod, that this was Lamar telling teams, come get me. I'm open for business, just like how the Ravens said we're open for business when they placed the, the tag on him. So I mean, that's, it, what they we'll, said. that's what they said by tendering him what they tendered him. So there's no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I have a couple more Lamar questions to get to you, but we got to take a quick break here. This is the GM shuffle. All right, this is the best time of the year for any sports fan. The college basketball tournament is coming up. Who could get enough hoops? And I'm rooting for Arizona this year. I'm a West Coast guy. I want to see a West Coast team win it. Hasn't been done since 1997. Hopefully the Wildcats can get it done. But regardless of who makes it to the final game in the tourney, one thing's for certain. It takes the most talented people working together to help these teams play at this level. And if you're hiring, you want the most talented people on your team to help your business go to the next level. And right now, our friends over at ZipRecruiter can help you do that. ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash shuffle. You can try it out, no cost whatsoever. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's powerful technology starts showing you qualified people for your position. Once you review your list of the most qualified candidates, you can easily invite your top choices to apply so they're more likely to apply sooner. Pick ZipRecruiter to help you build a winning team. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash shuffle. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash shuffle. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. You know, if you really want to gain an edge in life, it's all about doing the little things, making the little changes that add up to the biggest of differences. And that's where our friends at Seed really kick in. 
my daily routine is pretty hectic. I wake up in the morning. I'm checking the betting odds. I'm looking at all the news that's going on. Well, I do need something that's going to keep me on track with my gut health. And DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic benefits my gut, my skin, and heart health in just two little capsules a day. I mean, I've integrated it into my daily routine with breakfast. Boop, take one in the morning. It's an easy capsule. And that's all you got to do there. And what I've noticed, I wake up with better energy. I'm sharper at work. I'm doing all the things that I need to do to get stuff done. And because it's really, really key since your body is your ecosystem, you know, your gut is the central hub for various pathways through the body and a healthy gut means benefits for digestion, skin health, heart health, your immune system, and much more. And what's really cool about this is that if you need a refill, it's already on the way. Probiotics and prebiotics work best when you use consistently like other routine health habits. So Seed's subscription service easily builds DSO-1 into your routine with no refrigeration needed. Trust your gut with Seed's DSO1 Daily Symbiotic. Go to seed.com slash shuffle and use code 25SHUFFLE. That's 25SHUFFLE to get 25% off your first month. 25% off your first month of Seed's DSO1 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com slash shuffle code 25SHUFFLE. All right, there's so many layers to this Lamar Jackson discussion that it probably we can go a whole podcast on this. But I wanted to ask you, Michael, about some teams who might be interested that we haven't really heard about and their fan bases that have been saying, hey, why are we not in Lamar? We discussed the Indianapolis Colts. You've written about the Colts last week for VEASAN.com. That is the one team that now everybody is writing about being interested in Lamar Jackson. We don't know if they are all the way in or what that deal is going to be. But how about some other teams? And we can go rapid fire with this. And you let me know. They should be interested or if they are interested or if they're not interested at all. How about the Tennessee Titans? I mean, I would, to me, they have to be interested, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, to me, if you want to build a new stadium and you want to you want to do all the things they have planned, I think you need to be able to figure that out. So I would say they have to be interested, but I think their cap situation and currently where they are right now would prohibit them but I, I think they have to be all in. I think the owner, you know, if she wants to really build, if, if you're going to build that stadium and you want to kind of create fan interest in, in that, you got to get a quarterback. And I think that, you know, he solves that issue and you're going to pay him and you're going to grow with him and go from there. But I think they should be interested. There's no doubt. What about the Raiders? You know, I, that's an interesting question because I don't think, you know, it, 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 I don't know if it's a good fit within the system, but after they mm-hmm. just gave Garoppolo the money, I think it would be hard for them to then get rid of Garoppolo and then come back. I think they kind of got into this and knowing Lamar was out there, I think they are more of a pocket pass offense, whereas I think Tennessee could craft an offense for them. The Detroit Lions. <laughs> That's a great one there. That would take balls. <laughs> that would take balls, right? That would take like severe balls to do that because, you know, that would take like, we're good, but we could be great, right? We're You could trade mm-hmm. them. You got Jared Goff on the last year of his deal. We could be good, but we could be great, you know? So that would take guts. That would take somebody in the front office to say, we got to push the needle and it would take the coach to be on board and Ben Johnson, it would take a lot of chips to move in the right direction. I think it would be, I think it would be a bold, bold move. Look, any NFC team that's marginal at quarterback. Okay. Mm -hmm. They should be front runners for this gig because you can shift the balance of you, you, you right now. 
the NFC is we got Jalen Hurts, we got Dak Prescott, we got Jared Goff. I mean, tell me who I'm missing here. Brock Purdy, yeah, <laughs> Geno Smith. I mean, <laughs> like it's, right. it's like seriously, yeah. like why can't we? Why wouldn't we? Like any NFC team, Seattle. You know, mm-hmm. if you're Seattle, I know you signed Geno Smith, but maybe you know, it's a tradable contract. You know, you got all those picks. I would think it would be, a, I would think, I, I mean, look, I, I know the Cardinals wouldn't do it. I mean, how about, like we said earlier, like why wouldn't the 49ers do it? I mean, that's what yeah, they wanted with Trey Lance. That's what they wanted with Trey. Now they don't want to, they, they don't want all the cap cash cap effect on it, but why wouldn't they do it? You know, how about Tampa? They don't have a quarterback. They have cap issues. Mm-hmm. I get that. The, the team that makes the most sense is in the nation's capital. But because of their ownership yeah. group and because of the uncertainty within their ownership group. But if I were the commanders, you know, and, and, and you know, and, and to me, there's no potential owner that's blocking you. Now, it's more of the financial risk that comes with it. Right. It's more. Do you want to commit all this cap dollars for the new owner to take over? Well, I mean, if you want to win and you want to get people to come to FedEx Field, they're not coming to see Dan Snyder. They're going to come see Lamar Jackson. I can tell you that. I have this list of, of teams that I thought that should be interested. And I've probably even left some off. I have about half the league on this thing. Like, like I, That's why I'm still like thinking about like, how are we to this point here to where Lamar is now needing to tweet out that, Hey, I requested a trade. I don't know. I mean, I guess that we're never going to see it be some sort of a feeding frenzy because he wants a fully guaranteed contract. But I mean, you can instantly upgrade your position. I mean, I have the Minnesota Vikings on here. I even have the Green Bay Packers on here. We, I mean, we all say what's love got to do with it. We don't know what Jordan Love is going to be. That right. could be an option for Green Bay if they were go ahead and trade Aaron Rodgers. The Rams, the Cardinals, maybe well, the Rams, even the New see, England Patriots. These are all teams. There's, there's some of these teams <laughs> that can't do it because of where they are cap-wise. I mean, the Rams can't do it because of where they are. I mean, the Rams can only sign minimum salary players. That's where they are. They need draft picks and minimums. They, they can't do anything. They're trapped. You know, the Vikings are trapped with Cousins. The Rams are trapped because they just signed. We talked about it. They tried to dump Stafford. They Nobody would take them. So now they're on the hook for $57 million for the next two years. How are you getting in Lamar if you're paying a quarterback $57 million? So you can scratch them off. I mean, you, you, in terms of talent, yes. In terms of in terms of, of, of financially fitting, it doesn't but, work. Yeah. So you, you have to scratch certain teams off. It doesn't work. You know, like the Raiders – Okay, they just gave Garoppolo all this money. They don't have enough cap room or enough of the cash to be able to scratch it off and say, you know, so, but like a team like the Commanders, they don't have a lot of cap room, but God knows they could do, you know, I mean, they could, I mean, they need this guy. You know, the Dolphins, I always thought that he would be the play there, but, you know, they, they signed Mike White, no big deal, but, you know, I think to me, that's where the kid wants to play. I've said it all along. That's where he wants to play, which was shocking to me that DraftKings has him at 10 to one. I mean, that's a pretty low number for draft. I mean, if there were no chance DraftKings would have it at 50 to one. There's so many teams, Michael, that could go for Lamar Jackson. Like I said, half the league I have written down on the list, a team that we did talk about though, the San Francisco 49ers, they have their own interesting situation at quarterback here. And John Lynch was asked about what the Dan dynamic is going to be like heading into training camp with Brock Purdy, Trey Lance, Sam Darnold. Here's what he had to say earlier at the NFL owners meeting today. I think Brock has earned the right with the way he played that he's probably the leader in the clubhouse at that. You know, I'll let Kyle make those kind of decisions, but I know when we talk, I think Brock's probably earned that right to be the be the guy. If we were to line up, he'd probably take that first snap. And 
Um, we're really excited about where Trey is at with his uh, progress from his injury. Um, he's been working really hard and, um, you know, uh, love the opportunity to be able to bring in Sam Darnold and his skill set. We think it's a really good fit. And uh, so we like that. We like that room a lot. Mm. So they, they've been they loving about- Trey Lance's potential for three years. I mean, it's like unbelievable. That's all they say is how great he is. <laughs> I mean, they, they, there's no evidence that he is great, but all they keep saying how much they love him. You know, one thing about the owners meeting, we should just call the owners meetings all the. We should just basically call the owners meetings. Nothing that's been reported is true. Because if you go through it all, you know, the Broncos don't want to trade Jerry Judy. You know, Hopkins is working on as if he's a Cardinal. You know, uh, we, you know, we, uh, Minshew could be our starter. You know, <laughs> Kevin Badyard is it? We never asked him to be released. You know, uh, you know, we want Cousins back full time. You know, we, no way we would, no way we would have ever got rid of, of, of Matthew Stafford. You know, two is doing great. Like, it's like a celebration of like all, the, all these things are like unbelievable. Like it stop. Like we know <laughs> this is like nobody. <laughs> yeah, everybody's so freaking happy. I mean, god damn, are we gonna just start playing? You know, like we should have a party. Like, I mean, of course, <laughs> you know, like what I say to people all the time, you know, uh I, I say this to people all the time. I mean, like if the Rams weren't trying to trade Stafford, then they weren't doing their job. They they should have tried to get away from 57 million for a guy that it. like to me, like that it makes no sense to say you're all in when the guy's broken down. You're not sure he's healthy. Like you would not, it's, it would be like, it would be like Atlanta saying, we're not interested in Lamar Jackson. Like you're not doing your job. If you're not interested, I'm not saying you should sign him, but you should do the due diligence to think you might want to sign him. And because of the way they tendered him, it allows you to go spend time with the player. It allows you to collect data, data that you may need when you play against them data you may need if you trade for them. So this isn't data. You're not wasting your time. I mean, I'm listening to this incredible book on Audible about uh, Malcolm Gladwell does a great, great job of it's kind of a new way of a book, too. To me, it's it's he takes Paul Simon and it's not an autobiography of Paul Simon. It's how to become creative. And in one of the stories he shares in the book, he talks about how Paul Simon went to South Africa to learn about something and even though he never used it, he felt he felt fulfilled because he learned it. He went to England to learn about a certain music. It never used it, but he felt fulfilled. Like at some point in these jobs we have, you have to learn something that you may never use. You may never use it, but you may use it. It may be there. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's there. Like you may never trade for Lamar, but God dang, those two days I spent with him, I learned a lot. I learned a lot about Baltimore. I mean, if you're the Colts, and you compete against the Baltimore Ravens. Don't you want to know everything about? He's going to tell you everything you want to know. He's going to tell you everything you want to know. I promise you, Al Davis would have my fat ass on an airplane. Go down there and learn everything you can. Go down there and learn everything you can. I don't care. You know, even though we probably had no money to sign him, go learn everything you can. I don't care if it gets reported we're interested. We're in there to find out. That's why he would bring coaches in for interviews that he wasn't interested in hiring. He wanted to collect it. He was the he wanted to see what people were doing. And if they're going to give you the chance to do it, you know, because Lamar's going to have to come clean. Lamar, why aren't you happy here? Like, tell us why. What's going on? Was it Roman? Was it how John run? Talk about how John runs the organization. Are you mad at the Costa? Are you mad at are you mad at someone else? Like, who are you mad at? Like, what's what's created the void? Now you find stuff out. 
This is what yeah. you do. This is the business we're in. We're in this. We're in a. We're in a data collection business. And the more you can get accurate information, and they've opened the door for you. They, they basically said, "Here you go." Like people are so naive to think that you know when Derek Carr gets cut, that all the teams in the league don't call. They may not call the Raiders, but they're going to call every quarterback coach who's ever worked for Carr, and they're going to ask him about Carr off the record. Mm-hmm. quietly and they're going to get their opinion you know i called this team and that you know and i'm not saying you should believe everything you hear but you're going to collect that's data collection some of it's wrong some of it's right but that's what you do it happens in the league all the time yeah teams are doing that recon do you think that they should be doing recon on trey lance if the leader in the clubhouse in san francisco is brock purdy i think if to me if all you have to do is call carthon to say you know like what do you you know Ram, what do you, you think somebody's going to, you know, now Carton's going to know he's getting called for info, but he he's no longer a Niner. Anybody who worked there. I mean, if Adam Peters leaves this offseason for another job, is he going to be interested in taking him with him? We'll see. Mm, yeah. I mean, P- Peters was the guy that we, you've said that it was Peters and Lynch. Those were the ones convincing Kyle Shanahan that Trey Lance was the pick to be for the San Francisco and, and 49ers. Schefter, and Schefter verified it this year, but you yeah. know, it was never true according to when I said it, but anyway, wrong. No. Yeah. <laughs> That's what everyone on Twitter is selling. <laughs> I want to talk more about this from the Purdy and Darnold perspective. When we come back here, this is the GM shuffle with Michael Lombardi. <laughs> You know, if you really want to gain an edge in life, it's all about doing the little things, making the little changes that add up to the biggest of differences. And that's where our friends at Seed really kick in. My daily routine is pretty hectic. I wake up in the morning, I'm checking the betting odds, I'm looking at all the news that's going on. Well, I do need something that's going to keep me on track with my gut health, and DSO-1 Daily Symbiotic benefits my gut, my skin, and heart health in just two little capsules a day. I mean, I've integrated it into my daily routine with breakfast. Boop, take one in the morning, it's an easy capsule, and that's all you got to do there. And what I've noticed, I wake up with better energy, I'm sharper at work, I'm doing all the things that I need to do to get stuff done. And because it's really, really key since your body is your ecosystem. You know, your gut is the central hub for various pathways through the body. And a healthy gut means benefits for digestion, skin health, heart health, your immune system, and much more. And what's really cool about this is that if you need a refill, it's already on the way. Probiotics and prebiotics work best when you use consistently like other routine health habits. So Seed's subscription service easily builds DSO-1 into your routine with no refrigeration needed. Trust your gut with Seed's DSO1 Daily Symbiotic. Go to seed.com slash shuffle and use code 25SHUFFLE. That's 25SHUFFLE to get 25% off your first month. 25% off your first month of Seed's DSO1 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com slash shuffle. Code 25SHUFFLE. All right, the 49ers quarterback situation here, Michael, with Brock Purdy. We know he's coming off of the elbow surgery that he suffered, of course, in the NFC title game. Ian Rappaport on NFL Network was saying that he should be able to throw three months past the surgery. He had the surgery earlier this month, so that's maybe projecting him towards late June, around that time. Do you think that Purdy should be good to go for training camp? Like, should we expect him to be the guy? Because it sounds like this is a pretty open competition. We know Purdy's the leader in the clubhouse, but it's a three-way battle, according to John Lynch. Yeah, I mean, I thought that was interesting that, that Darnold is not there to hold a clipboard. I mean, to me, that tells you what they think of Lance. I mean, if, if they felt Lance was yeah. good to go and great like they always do, 
then why do you need to sign Sam Darnold? You got a quarterback, you know, I mean, why do you need to spend, you know, why do you need to invest in that? I think it was a smart investment to me. You know, one of the things you have to understand is that the actions have to back up the rhetoric, right? If it doesn't mm-hmm. back it up, then, you know, it's not true. So I think to me, you know, I, I like, I know people kill the Darnold signing. I like the Darnold signing for Kyle. I think it's a smart move for him. I think he can manage him uh, and cr- and correct some of the mistakes. I think the, the offense is quarterback friendly for him, gives him a, an athletic player to play the position and still operate from the pocket. Uh, yeah, I, I think to me, it's Purdy's job. I think they're going to know fairly early if Purdy has enough, you know, because when you get the surgery, do you have enough juice in the arm when you come back? I think that's really, are you going to have enough velocity? I think the one thing we learned, you know, from the, and I was at Arizona this weekend at their coaching clinic and talking to some of the coaches that were at the workout, that were at the clinic, uh, they, they were they were surprised that Brock, uh, 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 um, Bryce Young's po- power Bryce in his again. arm. Bryce Young's power in his arm. Like people were like, well, I didn't, I knew he had a good arm, but when you see it live, it's like, whoa. You know, I, I think that's what separates Bryce Young from other people. And I know that there's a lot of conversation about how, you know, Stroud could be the first pick and all that. To me, after what I've heard from all the reports, I think it's Bryce Young. I thought it was before. I still think it's Bryce Young. But the the telltale sign was everybody that had a pick in the top 10 that was there, they, they were really impressed with his arm. But, you know, the, the intangibles are always going to be great, right? They're all... Everybody loves his intangibles, works hard, does all those things. However, the arm, and I think that's what you have to be a little bit worried about with Purdy. We got to be worried with Purdy. And I want to table the week one talk for the Niners a little bit later in the offseason once we start to hear some more about how he's recovering from the surgery. But final question on Trey Lance. Do you think he'll ever play again for the 49ers? I I would never, you know, we're in the business to never say never, but it seems unlikely to me, right? It doesn't seem like he's going down that road. It just doesn't seem like it's trending. It seems like he guy hasn't played in three years. He's not, he doesn't fit. Even when he played, you know, people are like, they're clinging to the injury. Well, Purdy, you know, played in the same offense and he looked really good. So like, what's the, you know, here's a seventh round picks beating out the guy picked third overall. They're couching it. So, I would never say never, but I think it's highly unlikely. Mm, that's crazy. I mean, two years ago, this was the talk of the draft was, what are they going to do at three? They take Trey Lance, and now here we are two years later, and Purdy is now that's, the, quote, leader the, in the clubhouse. And then, then all roads lead back to Lamar. Like, why wouldn't you take? Like, that's just the thing that blows me away. Lamar Jackson's collegiate career was 10 times better than Trey Lance's. 10 times. And he goes 32 and Trey Lance goes three. Now I get, I get that Bryce young is going could be the first pick overall. And drew Brees went 33. I get that. There has been a shift in terms of height for quarterback. I get that, but we're talking about within the relative same decade that one guy plays at North Dakota state in a small school and doesn't play his senior year. And he gets picked third overall on sheer athleticism. And meanwhile, the guy wins the Heisman as a junior, comes back and has a good senior year, and he's got to sit in the green room till 32. Like, I don't get it. Like, I don't get it. Yeah. And he watched Josh Rosen get picked ahead of him. It doesn't make 
any sense whatsoever but i guess that's that's life sometimes sometimes people make mistakes and i think that's a, a one that the nfl definitely kicking themselves over but then lamar's available now and people are still being weird about it so i guess we'll find out later on this offseason uh, we're supposed to find out about this rogers jets thing at some point this offseason robert solid the head coach of the new york jets was asked about it at the owners meeting uh, earlier today and, and talked about how there's confident that they're going to figure something out. And and he was almost in a, in a sense, kind of downplaying the urgency to get Aaron Rodgers Cause we know that these are negotiations through the media. Everyone's going to hear what everyone says, but he referenced how Nathaniel Hackett has worked with Rogers in the past. So there's no real urgency. Like there's no system that he has to learn. He's not being thrown in France and being asked to speak French. He already knows the language and everything, all that, that, that they got going on with that jets offense. Are, are you buying into this whole leverage play deal that the Jets are doing here where they're saying, all right, well, no rush. We'll get him when we get him. I, I think that's that's the only lev- that's their leverage position that we're just going to wait this out. And they feel like time is on their side. So all he did was echo his leverage. It would be interesting to see what Matt LaFleur said and Gutekis and, and Gut said today at the owners meetings like what's your plan or the or the or the high almighty power behind the glass curtain Mark Murph what did Murph have to say you know I'm sure everybody here in the state of Wisconsin wants to know what Murph had to say so that <laughs> there it is you know let's see you know and, and see what he's got cooking because to me the Jets look they're all in on it Roger and the the best thing they have is they were allowed to talk to Rogers. See, this is this again goes back to Lamar. So okay. if you go down there and you convince Lamar to pay for you, play for you, then he works for you in the trade because he says, no, 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 no. I'm never signing with Atlanta. So you so you can trade me to Atlanta, but you can't trade me if I'm not signed. Okay. It's important. Mm-hmm. I want to go to Indy. I want to play at Indy, or I want to play in Atlanta, or I want to play in in Tennessee, or I want to play in Miami. Now, that's where I'm going to go. And you and and DaCosta could say, well, okay, if you want to go there, you sign there, but they're going to give us two number ones. Okay. Well, they don't want to give you two number ones. I'm not going to sign my tender. All right, where are we going now? Now we got a stalemate, right? We got a stalemate. It's the same thing. Like the Jets know Rogers works for them now. He's holding them. He's telling them, don't overpay for me. I'm coming to you. Just wait it out. That those conversations, I'm not saying they're happening from from Rogers to the, to Joe Douglas, but there's an intermediary. There's what we call in the mafia a buffer. There's a buffer in between all this saying, hey, look, don't pay any more than you should pay. That's mm-hmm. the leverage. So the longer it goes in any negotiation, who controls the final? So like I said, when I wrote last week, I mean, if you're Chris Ballard and you offer him the fourth pick overall in the draft and the cost is going to hang up on you. But if he's got nobody else calling, what's he going to do? Play for one year on 32 million tender and have the and risk him eating the cap, like what's his alternative? Yeah, there really isn't an alternative. And and whenever we get a resolution, I'm really curious to see what the hell the Ravens plan is going forward here because they, they cracked the code. They found the franchise quarterback and they found him at pick 32. And now five years later, it seems like that guy's walking out the door. I, I I don't understand how it gets to this point. I get negotiations are all about money and all that stuff, but it's like the fact that they couldn't come together with something to where that they could get him on a long-term deal. Uh, it's just, I, I don't, I don't see how this happens. You, well, you got to I mean, get your guys signed. Ozzie admitted this, what we've been saying. Ozzie admitted when he went on that pod, he said, look, the Watson thing hurt us more than anything. And he's right. It did. And, yeah. you know, when the owners probably doesn't, the owner doesn't want to give up, you know, the owner doesn't want to give into that deal either. And I get that. But you got to have to find a way to build trust. 
Well, but you know, I mean, look, these guys that they, 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 when you own teams, you don't think like civilians. You know, you think, well, he's going to own it for the, he's going to think for the long haul. Yeah. So well, I, I think fair. to me, you 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 know, he he feels like okay, I'm not. I, here's who I am, and this is what I'm going to do. I mean, yeah. Mike Brown does it. He gets away. He does it. That's how, kind of how he's operated the Bengals for years. And and in fairness to the Ravens, they've won two Super Bowls. Lamar Jackson wasn't on either team. So I guess. Yeah. I mean, like, say, like, we'll, we'll, we'll like I say all the time in all my presentations, like, don't let your ego get in too big because the, in the year 2050, the Michigan Ohio state game will be sold out and the kids are going to play in that game. Aren't even born yet. So like, let's not get a carry away with our ego. That's a great way to put it here. Uh, speaking of the kids, we'll get to the draft prospects here because there are some interesting props that we could bet on with this upcoming NFL draft. It's a month away going to in Kansas City later on in April. You talked about how Bryce Young, what you've been hearing after the pro days last weekend down in Tuscaloosa, all those teams in the top 10 were really wowed by his arm, seeing it live. CJ Stroud, we saw he had a really good workout at the Woody Hayes Center in Columbus. He looked awesome because he always looks awesome. He's really technically sound. As of now, it sounds like you're handicapping this thing to where you think Young is the favorite to go number one. Who should be the favorite to go number two? Who do you think that number two quarterback should be if it is the Houston Texans picking in that spot? I, I can't predict what Houston will do, but I still think it'll be – It'll be Stroud, Young, Young, Stroud. I think that's what we're looking okay. at. I think that's pretty clear. I, I don't see Levis coming in this. I know that there's some people that think Levis should be the first pick overall. I'm not, I don't happen to be one of those, but I think that that to me is the case. I, I think to me, it, it'll definitely be, it'll definitely be Stroud, Young, Young, Stroud, the way I see it. Now, you know, I heard that I did hear the Texans like, Levis, but the Texans are, I mean, Nick's going to be very guarded in what he does, even though he doesn't really have to be, he's going to be very guarded and he's going to collect all the data on all these guys. Well, we have over at DraftKings the market of who will draft Anthony Richardson, who will draft Will Levis. Let's talk Levis first. Cause we've been having this conversation about him right now. The favorite, it's funny, the favorite for both of these guys, their favorite to go to the Indianapolis Colts. Everybody has right. the Colts favorite to get every single quarterback. I was telling Elliot, our producer, that's going to be a hell of a four way QB battle between Lamar Levis hooker and Richardson uh, <laughs> later on this, this off season. Well, I mean, look, but, they have to be the favorite, right? They have no other quarterback. I mean, the, the yeah. Gardner Minshew is the backup right now. I mean, they've signed their backup. That I mean, they are they're basically telling you we we have a huge need at quarterback and we're going to and there there has to be a plan to solve the need. Now, they could come out and after the draft and say, look, we've loved Levis all along. That was our guy. We targeted him. He's who we want. He's our, okay, great. That's what you wanted to do. Perfect. Then go ahead. You know. Or we came out and we got involved in Lamar once we saw this, whatever it is. Like they have to know who, because right now, no one's playing quarterback for them. Like no one's playing. And it, maybe they have a guy in the draft they like or something like that, but the, but the teams know it. So they have to be involved with everybody. Are you hearing that the Colts like Levis a lot or, or do you, maybe the Raiders at plus 350? Seahawks and the Bucks are plus 750. The Commanders are 10 to 1, Titans 12 to 1. I think to me, I think to me, Levis is going to be in play on all those places. I think you got to do your homework. You got to get close to him. You got to figure out why he transferred from Penn State. What happened? What was the situation? You know, can he protect the football when a game gets on the line? How's he going to make decisions? All those things. I think to me, they should. It, it, he, he's got an arm. 
He's got arm talent. He's athletic. You know, you got to make sure he's not Kyle Bowler, that he can throw it, but he can't process. I mean, those are things you got to work your way through. I don't think anybody's ready to do that yet. So the, the the legendary Kyle Bowler throwing what was it? He was at the fifty yard line throwing from his knee or whatever in yeah. the, the pro day. Well, we, we were we were talking about that this weekend. I mean, you know, like, like yeah. sometimes these guys they work out. And, you know, I mean, go back and read the Kyle Bowler reports. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I heard the, the Jamarcus Russell one. I know it's not attached to you, but the Jamarcus Russell pro day apparently it was legendary from from reading I mean, and look, listening to other people from LSU. Yeah. People can say whatever they want about Jamarcus. He was on, he was the top of a lot of people's boards. You know, they can say it now, you know, it's like nobody liked Ryan leaf. You know, when he came out, everybody loved Peyton, you know, that's all those stories kind of just keep going. Right. (laughs) Hindsight is always 2020. How about our guy, Anthony Richardson? Uh, I don't believe he's going to go number one overall. That was a fun dream to have for about four or five weeks. And that's correct me if I'm wrong. But right now, the Colts are the favorite team to draft him at plus 125. Seahawks three to one, Raiders five to one, Panthers plus 750. Then you have the Lions, Texans, Falcons at 12 to one. Who's uh, sniffing around on Richardson with his pro day coming up on Thursday? I mean, the Panthers 750. I mean, why would they do that? I mean, they got the first pick overall in the draft. I mean, they're not yeah. going to take him. They're going to. They, one thing I will say, going back to Bryce Young. The Panthers spent a lot of time with Bryce Young. I mean, they they kind of had him monopolized down there at, the, at that day. And, you know, they have every right to monopolize the guy because they have the first pick overall in the draft. You learn a yeah. lot about what the body language is of the teams there. Now, I know, you know, Josh McCowan saying to uh, <laughs> C.J. Stroud that we'll play horse when when you come to Charlotte. You know, that, that tape's been analyzed more than the Zabruder film. But the reality of it is, is that to me, that was just a random comment. I, I think we won't know until Thursday after the owners meeting about Richardson, because Richardson's going to, we know he's going to work out like incredibly well. It's going to be, how does he convince and and, and convey that if he's going to be Jalen hurts, then he's got to be Jalen hurts in his work ethic. He's got to be Jalen hurts in his dedication. He's got to be Jalen hurts in his willingness to improve because he's got a long way to go to improve. And if he, if the work habits don't match, I mean, that's what happened. To, I mean, look, Jamarcus Russell's not in the league because he didn't lack talent. I mean, that wasn't a talent miss. That was a character miss, right? That was yeah. a guy got rewarded with a lot of money and that was it. He could care less. He had no, he had no pride. He didn't care. He didn't care about winning. It's what we wrote about today. I, I, I thought that, you know, that, that, uh, you, you know, about, you know, what do you do to show the team you want to win? You know, Jeremy Tang's line, you know, are you about winning? And Jamarcus wasn't about winning. It was about getting paid, but it wasn't a talent issue. It wasn't, he couldn't read the coverage. It wasn't, you know, he was inaccurate. He was lazy. I mean, it, it was that. So, you know, that's to me, Richardson has to prove he's got that work ethic that hurts has. If he can do that and he proves it and he demonstrates it through his actions, not just through his words, critical, then I think mm-hmm. he's got a chance. But I think all these teams are going to want to bite that apple and say, look, we can turn this guy into Jalen Hurts because he's more talented than Jalen Hurts. Can you? It's all going to come down to his work ethic. It's going to come down to his ability. You know, the other thing that you learn about players is the guys that are like if there was a time where Bill Russell's wife, this is a great story. Bill Russell's wife was looking at YouTube and found a clip of a game he played at, when he was a San Francisco Don and wow. got the got the tape and played it for Bill. And Russell went through every single play in that game. In this game, and this is like 2010 or 15, 
He went through every single play in that game 50 years earlier and knew every play, knew every single play, right? You know, and you could do the same thing with LeBron. You could do the same thing with Jordan. Great players, unique players have this. It's not a memory like a doctor who goes to doctor, uh, uh, who goes to medical school has to study stuff. It's an innate memory. It's, Mm -hmm. oh yeah, you know, I got caught here. You talk to any great player, you talk to any great player and you watch tape with them. I learned this from doing it with Ray Lewis. You watch tape with them. And they tell you things on the tape that they saw in that game that you can't see in the tape. That's that's what, to me, Anthony Richardson's got to be able to convey to the teams. Because if he just says, oh, you know, I, was, I, I wasn't sure what I was supposed to do here. You see, that, that's a gene that Bryce Young has. Like, I promise you, you could watch a tape with Bryce Young, and he's going to tell you what all 11 guys did on the field, what he saw and what he did. And you can go back to his high school tape and do it. that's a trait that's a trait that you have to have greatness has that trait great players have that trait but what we do in scouting is we say well the guy remembered what he did he didn't remember what he did you know he's got a good you know no 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 the great player i'm not kobe bryant can go through every single play and tell you exactly guy shot a left-handed the whole thing recite a chapter and verse And I'm I'm glad that you brought that up because I remember Peyton Manning is the guy that everyone used to always talk about having that photographic memory. And I think it's not just it's because not memory though. It's not memory. Yeah. I mean, it's it's more about it's they're in the game. They're they're it's not memory is I'm studying biochemistry and I memorize this. This is well, yeah. a great it's 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 a different part of your memory. Yeah, it's, it's, a, a, different it's, a different, it's a different kind. Yeah, it's a different kind of memory because it's almost because you have so much of a, of an attention to detail that like you're so locked in on everything that like you just like you're just gonna always kind of know and see the picture essentially in your brain without actually looking at it. Because I'm looking at the definition right now of photographic memory, and it says that the memory is the ability to re- recall an image from memory with high precision, at least for a brief period of time after seeing it only once and without using a mnemonic device. So it's almost like you, like you just see something and then you just you pick up on all the little nuances and the little details, and then you're able to kind of just recall it because you're that locked in on whatever you're studying or whatever you're doing. Like I, I think it's you talked about how like it's Brady, the, the Mannings, the LeBrons, the Jordans, like all those guys. That's one of the common denominators with all of those guys having that trait. Yeah, I mean, it's like what I, t- I wrote about this in, in the new book. And this is kind of how I described uh, I, I, I compared uh, I compared Peyton Manning to, to Jason Bourne, you know, and because when yeah. he walks into that diner, he says, you know, you know, I, I can tell you the license plate on all six cars outside. I can tell you what our waitress is left handed. I can tell you the guy sitting on the counter weighs 250 pounds and knows how to handle himself. I know the best place to look for a gun in the cab and the gray truck outside. I know at this altitude I can run for a mile and a half before my hands start shaking. Like he was trained how to think that, you know, he was trained out of that. Great players have that instinctively. Manning had it. You didn't have to teach him that. He just, he had it. His mama lifted him. Bryce Young has it. That's why Bryce Young's great. That's why now Bryce Young doesn't play. It's because he's going to get hurt. It's not because he can't play the position. It's going to be because his body won't let him play. He has all the ability to play. He's the best player in the draft. If he's six, two, it's an easy slam dunk. But to me, that's what we're talking. And that's what Richardson has to be able to do at his workout. He's got to walk into those rooms with the coaches and have instant recall of what happened in the game. And you say, what if he doesn't do it? He's not great. It's as simple as that. He's a great athlete, but this is going to be hard for him. 
can you still be productive without having that? Like, cause like, let's say someone like Richardson, who's a great athlete. And if he doesn't have it, can he still be productive? I think he can, but it's a, to me, it's a, it, it's, it's a red flag on how dedicated on how he's going to have to work really hard. He's going to have to work really hard. See, I bet if you sat down with Steph Curry before the draft, he could have told you everything that happened in that in the, in the lead eight game that they lost. I mean, I bet you could tell you everything. I bet you could watch tape with Steph Curry, and he'll tell you every game exactly what was going on. I bet you could do it, Norwell, the kid. At, at, I mean, he just sees things that you don't see. Mm-hmm. He sees things that you don't see. It's it's. I don't want to call it vision or memory. It's something that, you know, now Bourne was trained to do it. So maybe you can be, maybe the CIA can train you how to do this. But to <laughs> me, I, it's hard. And if you don't have the work ethic to do it, it's impossible. No, I think it's, we can have this discussion later on the podcast when things become more evergreen, because just like studying the, just the habits of, of people who are great at whatever it is, is one of the more interesting things that I think, and it's a valuable lesson to learn just if you yeah. can take little things from people who do it at the highest level, we can all be better off. But uh, that doesn't, yeah, I think, I think we get caught up I, before we go, but I think we get caught yeah. up in, we, we stop short of just the athleticism. Jamar, Jamarcus Russell had elite athleticism. Anthony Richardson has elite athleticism. Why does Trent Green, who doesn't play all those years in the league, goes to Pro Bowls, gets drafted and cut in Canada, and these guys don't? It's this is what we're talking about. And if you can't, and you can't measure this, this is hard to measure. It's why the Navy SEALs start with 187, 175 guys and end up with 15. You you can't measure this. Yeah, it's why it's why the draft is an inexact science. That's right. And player That's exactly evaluation. Right. It's a, yeah. It's, it's all you're all trying to build the puzzle pieces here. But uh, fun episode of the pod. We'll f- maybe find out a resolution with Lamar Jackson at some point in the future. Aaron Rodgers as well. We believe they'll be playing on different teams at some point this offseason. But as always, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you to our producer Elliot Bowman, who's always with us on the ones and twos. Thank you to DraftKings. Thank you to Veasan. Thank you to you, Michael. Enjoy the rest of your time in Milwaukee, and I'll see you on Thursday. love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 